0: All right, it's the uh, first Sunday of the month, which means that we will mostly hear from someone other than me, many of you are glad for that break every month, but uh, Jason and Stephanie McColgan, would you all come on up? Here, here. that's your <laughs> Did you put this here? Right oh, <laughs> I did. Not on purpose. There's a <laughs> screw sitting. It's uh, sharp. Yeah. Um, Jason and Stephanie have been around Grace for five or six years. Mm-hmm. They've been married for eight years. They have two kids. Georgia Grace is six. Graham is four. Georgia Grace is six going on 21. And Graham <laughs> she said that last night. She did, did she? She did. She that
1: exact quote. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yes. Well, we agree. <laughs> um, they also have two, ki- two dogs that are much bigger than their kids. How much do your dogs weigh? Oh, 210 and about 160.
1: They've been on a diet. So. Yeah. She's Probably down she's from lost 230. A lot of weight.
0: Much bigger than she, most of us.
2: Yeah. How many kids do you used to have? <laughs> That's a good question.
0: Yeah. Uh, a few more interesting facts as we get going. Jason was a cheerleader in high school or college?
2: Both. Both. cheered at Craigmont uh, one year and at uh, University of Memphis one year.
0: I don't know much about cheerleading, but I do know that Craigmont has always had a very good uh, mixed, is that what you're calling it? Co-ed.
2: That's not what we say there.
0: <laughs> next. Uh, next interesting fact. <laughs> Stephanie has a sister from Haiti. Correct. Named Bettina. Yeah. Uh, Stephanie's dad holds some records for driving fast. How fast?
1: Um, His fastest official record is 437 miles an hour, Um, but his fastest pass is 462. What does that mean? The car was
2: actually going 462
1: miles an hour. Yeah, to set a record, you... Go fast and then you go again. fast again. Um, and Maybe the average. average um if the average speed of those two runs is faster than the record, then you get a new record. So his fastest record is four thirty seven, but he has made his fastest pass four sixty two, but something broke or there was another reason that he couldn't make another pass to back up.
0: He that. also flipped That's recently speed. going how fast?
1: He did three hundred and seventy two yeah. miles an hour. So yeah. He walked when away. he when he flipped, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: The guy that crashed a Segway that was in the ER with him was damaged more. Mm-hmm. My the guy crashed a Segway into a bush or something, broke his arm. And he's like, what happened if you? crashed? How fast were you going? <laughs> oh, about 370. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He kind of hurt his finger. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he was bruised up.
0: Yeah, but he did. He was,
1: yeah.
0: uh, another interesting fact, Jason and Stephanie are both nurses. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephanie, what area of nursing have you worked in?
1: Um, I started out in ICU step down and then I moved on to CVICU and then I spent about six years placing specialized IVs called PICC lines that are used for long-term antibiotics, chemo, stuff like that. So,
0: How about that? Mm-hmm. Um, they are always one of the three or four people that we call anytime anything goes wrong. Uh, sometimes it's very minor. Yeah. But in fact, I'll never forget, we had uh, Levi and just, you know, two days in, weren't doing real well, still at the hospital and kind of had a bad nurse and just things weren't going great. And Stephanie, very timely. Uh, you kind of feel like you're not going to make it at that point, you know, and very timely visit from nurse Stephanie. So, um, Jason, you've also worked in hospitals? Yes.
2: I did uh, seven years in uh,
0: cardiovascular intensive care.
2: Um, And currently I'm working at a testosterone replacement clinic. Uh, I I actually am based in one in Cordova, and then I've got three others that I'm I'm over. Yeah,
0: Low-T. So that's what he's up to now.
1: Ageless Men's Health.
0: Ageless Men's Health. health. There's actually a Low-T Center. center. Oh, yeah. That's
1: a competition.
0: (laughs) Not Low-T the company. all right, let's hear about uh, how y'all came to know the Lord. Stephanie, we'll start with you. Uh, tell us kind of up to the point of meeting and dating Jason, okay. your journey in the Lord.
1: Well, I was um, born into a family. My mom um, grew up uh, Baptist and had, um, uh, I don't know what she was doing, but she married my dad, and um, who was a lapsed Catholic. And um so I was born into that family and grew up going to church with my mom um every Sunday and um and that was a big part of my upbringing um and then when I was about 5 we were we were very good church attenders but we weren't that good, because we were there every Sunday morning, but we weren't there every Sunday night. Um, And I wanted to play with my little friend next door, and she told me she couldn't play with me because she was going back to church to see the girl down the street get baptized. And I was like, baptized? I got to do that, like, because that's what you do. And so um, I was a smart kid, um, rule follower, really kind of a Pharisee. Um, to be spiritual about it but um but I was like, well, I got to get myself baptized and so um, I begged my mom for a few weeks and she finally let me walk down and and talk to the pastor and I got myself baptized and um, continued you know being a very very good church girl, always the Sunday school teacher pet and um, and everything I was <laughs> and um my parents divorced when I was about six, and um, that was kind of important because I really saw a lot of difference between the church-going folks that were on my mom's side and the bar folks on my father's side. And, um, and I knew that I wanted to be like the church people. Um, I knew that was the way to go. And so I kept on trying to do my best to be... Like them and follow the rules and everything. Um, And then when I was about 14, I had become kind of a leader in my youth group, and I was asked to join a small group Bible study. And one of the first things that we were asked to do was to write our testimony and, you know, kind of look at how your life had changed between, you know, when you weren't a Christian and when you became a Christian. And even though I was only five, I just, it was the first time that I really looked and went, I don't really have anything to say. Like, there hasn't been a change. Um, And it was the first time that I really did any serious introspection because I knew that my outside, my behavior, was very, very good. um, And it pleased everybody around me, and that was all that seemed to really matter. Um, But that was the first time that I really looked inside and had a real awareness of my own personal sin and my need for a savior, um, and I really look back at that point, and I believe that that's when I truly, for the first time, trusted Christ as my savior. Um, and
0: then there was kind of some growth through college and yeah, stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I continued to um, to do well. I went I went down to Ole Miss and um, went to uh, my roommate started invited me to um, RUF. I had been going to the BSU. Um, And then my roommate invited me to RUF, and Les Newsom, who a lot of y'all know, um, was teaching there. And it was the first time that I really saw the scriptures studied really intellectually and really personally. Like, it was more than just, you know, read the book, follow the rules, and everything will turn out good. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, there was just a whole lot more depth there, and... Talk of grace that I had never really understood before, and um, and so that was definitely a period of growth. And then coming home uh, to University of Memphis for nursing school, um, I was more involved at my church. Um, I was going to Germantown Baptist at the time, and some of their singles ministry and um, and all of that. And really, um, really at that point, looking for okay, you know, I know my mom was a Christian from when she was little, but she kind of you know stopped paying attention. At this critical point in her life, and this is a big turning point starting career, you know, dating seriously, doing those things. And I need to make sure that my spiritual life is in line, and I really need to be listening to what the Lord mm-hmm. is saying to me. So
0: that's good. And can y'all see? Where I was okay. Uh, and then there, there was uh, much more growth through dating Jason and his conversion, yes. but I want him to tell us about that, um, tell us kind of up to the point of, again, meeting and dating Stephanie.
2: Okay, well, I was, uh, I grew up in the church, in a small Presbyterian church in Raleigh, um, and I would call it my my parents' church, really. Uh, we went every Sunday. Um, I didn't ever listen. Uh, I mean, I heard a few things here and there, but I just didn't, I, it didn't interest me. Um, the pastor was Uninspiring, all those things. Uh, so about 18 years old, when I was old enough to choose, I stopped going to church. Uh, 21, I went into the Navy. Um, I'd say I fell further away from church living then. Um, kind of
0: typical sailor. Um, yeah, that's an understatement. Further away from church living? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, licentiousness. Yeah. I the word. Uh, so, but yeah,
2: just kept doing my own thing. Uh, had a moment when we were, uh, we went on a six-month uh, cruise, uh, which is not really a cruise, but went to the Mediterranean on a, on a naval vessel, um, but I took my Bible with me, and I remember picking it up, trying to just think, we've got a lot of time, I'll, I'll do some reading, and it took me all about two minutes, and it just looked like gibberish to me. I mean, it was, this doesn't make any sense at all, um, but my eyes were, I'd say, completely closed at that time, um, kind of in a point of there's there's no hope for me mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, then got out of the Navy, uh, went back to FedEx, and shortly after that went into nursing school um, and then uh, and just continued to live the same way. Uh, but then... <laughs> After nursing school, um, we ended up Stephanie and I. Ended
0: how would up you family. describe yourself at that point, um, entering nursing school, <coughs> right as you're about to meet Stephanie? How would you describe yourself spiritually?
2: Agnostic. Uh, I would say, uh, not. I uh, really didn't know if there was or wasn't a God, but I really didn't care um, if I was to die and was was worm food. Perfectly okay with me. Uh, so yeah, just didn't bother you at all. No. No, had, had kind of put all those questions to rest and was comfortable with them
0: so things start changing when you meet Stephanie I want to get back to that in a second Stephanie how did y'all meet
1: um <clears throat> well actually that was a very providential um thing Jason had um failed part of his uh nursing uh, testing course I had failed um uh I was trying to clep out of a history course that I needed to, to graduate and I had failed the essay part of the CLEP test so um, both of us had gone through some failure that put us three months later taking our nursing boards then um, well he was in a correspondence program so he was already kind of on his own but I was three months behind the rest of my nursing class Methodist put together a review a live review And so it was all of Methodist nursing class and then he was in one corner of the room and I was in the other corner of the room not knowing anybody. And you take breaks. He was wearing an Ole Miss hat or something. And so I went up and started talking to him. Couldn't tell he was bald because he had the hat on. Um, but so I went up and started talking to him. Um, and, like a hat. Yeah. and so um, anyway, so we, were ju- we would just chat during the breaks. And then they told us you need to study with somebody. And so we started studying for nursing boards together. And then when... Um, when I finally passed, he took the boards a couple weeks before I did. And then I passed. We went out to celebrate and That was a Seinfeld kind of,
0: moment which won't be lost on everyone here.
1: Yeah. so, um, so I'm like, hey, I passed my boards, you know, you want to go celebrate? And he's like, Yeah, I'm off, you know, Thursday night or whatever. I'm like, all right, you know, you know, we'll we'll get together Thursday night. We went and ate and we're eating ice cream and we started talking and figured out that it was his birthday. And I was like, why are you out with me on your birthday? Like, don't you have any friends, you know? Which
0: is a Seinfeld
1: episode. Like, he breaks up with the girl because she went out with him, with Jerry on her birthday. And so I was like,
2: in my defense, I was working nights in the hospital.
1: So, yeah. was, He didn't know no that it was his birthday. Was, so. yeah.
0: He said, you know, working nights, they had celebrated his birthday like yeah, the night on his shift, and yep. then he went to sleep and woke up and it's figured it wasn't his birthday. Right. It was. <laughs> so. It was still the 8th of October. Yeah. Yeah. On a more serious note, uh, Jason, at this point, you hadn't been around serious Christians in a long time, and all of a sudden you're spending more time with a serious Christian that you happen to be interested in so how did things start changing spiritually well one of the
2: big things uh that we didn't even talk about is this was talking with Stephanie was a Christian that I could ask hard questions and she had um uh, she at least would respond she'd stay engaged I'm not going to say she had all the answers uh but I'd had a lot of friends through the years that you ask them a hard question and they just shut down you know oh you're an atheist and it's like well talk to me and, there's no talking. Stephanie stayed open, uh, for talking the whole time. Um, one of the big things she did for me is, uh, sent me to, or gave me a book, uh, The Case for Christ, uh, which with reading that, uh, he's coming from the same perspective of, uh, atheism that as he was going to disprove Christianity, he found out, huh, this is real. Um, and I had, a, I had a similar kind of moment with that book. Um, but in while that was happening, I was also going to church with her, um, and the preacher there was a, a good uh, expository-type preacher. Um, and it felt most Sundays like he was speaking directly to me, mm-hmm. um, speaking of my sin, speaking of my need for a Savior. Um, and that kind of coalesced to a point of... Uh, uh, salvation for me Mm -hmm.
0: you say that was uh it
2: was like march kind of march april
0: so the seinfeld moment was like (laughs) october yeah so that all happened pretty quick yeah um you said something when we talked that the word came to life Mm -hmm. and i i thought that's such a good way to say it honestly um that is a great sign of life coming into you is you know the the word is not gibberish anymore. Yeah. That doesn't mean we always understand it, um, but and it doesn't mean necessarily that every time I open it, I have these, you know, profoundly spiritual moments. But there are times when the Lord is ministering to me personally from His Word; it comes to life. Um, that's very good. So, how long after that until y'all were married? That had to speed up the process. The
1: next April. Yeah, we yeah. proposed in
0: October, August. August. Because you said, I mean, you told him that you wouldn't date him seriously because he was not right. a Christian. Yes, yeah, like uh, out. And then he's That's like, fun. well, when are you going to invite me to church? You know? Right, yes. But all of that, <laughs> all of that, a part of the Lord drawing you, which is just so cool. Um, but the journey doesn't stop there for anybody. And you guys have grown a lot in the last few years. You've been at Grace five or six years. So... Um, Stephanie, let's start with you again. How would you sum up kind of how you've grown at the last few, in the last few years being at Grace?
1: Well, there was sort of, um, a, I don't know, a coming together of, of different uh, factors that sort of jump-started some growth for me. The, um, we did move here um, from our old church um, about the same time that, um, that we had George Grace and um for me kind of growing up as a pharisee and a a rule follower and you know just read the book and follow the instructions and everything's gonna gonna go just fine um becoming a parent tested me in ways that I never imagined and um you know I felt like a failure just a complete and total failure most of the time um complete basket case um and just and it just exposed personal sin in my life in a way um that nothing else ever had um and that weakness combined with um coming to grace and and being under um the word and every sunday the message here is so much about you know god's strength in our weakness it's like you're supposed to be weak and i'm going on don't feel like I'm supposed to be like this doesn't feel like it's supposed to be um but um but that um that the Lord was there and that was that was just a big mm-hmm. a big transition um
0: for so me. God exposing sin applying grace and then you said too that the systematic theology class was a particular crisis of faith
1: Yes. How? Every time Dr. Young announces his class, I just go like. You have flashbacks. Yes, I do. Like, oh. It was. It was truly like it was traumatic for me. Um, and That's I, like good.
0: so, if you're signed up. Yeah. are <laughs> <get> excited <laughs>
1: that. Um, But it was really, truly, it was important. But um, but it was traumatic for me because it was this um, this stripping away. Even though I had fully trusted in Christ to save me from my sins. Um, you know, when I was fourteen, like I, I, I did good. You know, I mean, I had done a lot, I had done good. I was a good kid. I was a good, you know, mom as far as everybody could see. And you know, I mean, like I, I mean, I show up my kid has the bow in her hair, right? You know, like I was, you know, I'm like I'm doing okay, and I want everything to at least look like I'm doing okay, and and to be told that, like, you know, all of your good works are. Filthy rags and like you don't bring anything to the table and and I'm like well no of course you know God does it all you know it's like yeah not even your faith I'm like, not even my faith I'm like no 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 I brought my faith I like I, no I know He did everything cross blood Jesus yeah but I I did my faith and it's like no you didn't I'm going I don't get anything like nothing no credit nothing and um and that was combined at a time where I really was feeling. Particularly down and failing and just all of that, and it was—I mean—it was just emotionally, just kind of crushing. But it was—it um, was really important because it, it truly—it stripped away all of those ideas about what I brought to the table and why God loved me because of my performance. And it really stripped it down. And you no, know, He loves you because He loves you because He loves you because He loves you. And um, that was really important because now when I feel like a failure or I make some tragic mistake or or something, I remember that he doesn't love me because I perform well, that he loves me because he loves me because he loves me.
0: It reminds me of the passage in Revelation 3 that I I taught in here some time ago. But uh, Jesus says, Those whom I love I expose and educate. And the exposing part of that doesn't feel good, but he's ultimately putting us on solid ground. I love that. Jason, you've also experienced a lot of personal growth, really uh, in (coughs) personal devotion Mm -hmm. in the last three, four years. So um, tell us a little bit about that.
2: Well, it's uh, in the last three and a half years. It's actually when I started working for the new company because I had weekends off, so I was able to get to church on Sunday. Um, And uh, one of the things that I was taught was get in your Bible. Don't worry about if it makes sense, if you know how to do it, if you've got 10 minutes, if you've got an hour or whatever, just get in there, read on a daily basis, uh, You know, have some devotion time and some prayer time. Um, and I started applying that, um, and I would say I'm still not good at it, but um, it, it has made uh, changes in my life that I can see evident you know, today. I can see them too. Um, Week to week uh, as i'm as i 'm faithful in that um, you know weeks days at work go mm-hmm. better um, i'm able to handle things that are that are well beyond my capabilities mm-hmm. um, you know with with grace much of the time uh, when i 'm not faithful in it uh, i 'm usually exposed as inadequate mm-hmm. um, so it's uh, it's been a, it's been a big uh, i'd say a huge help and just uh, great in my life. Just having, just following that and, mm-hmm. and doing it.
0: That's been very timely because over the last couple years, you've had major increase in responsibility. Mm-hmm. Of course, at home, but also with work. Yeah. So, uh, anything you've learned through a particularly hard stretch at work?
2: Um, really, to, to go to God in prayer uh, before, during, after uh, major events mm-hmm. uh, we've had on the last. Probably a year to year and a half. I've been part of about six firings. Uh, about three or four of them were with serious cause. Um, so they've been uh, they've been stressful events. Again, things that I on my own wouldn't be able to handle. Uh, I don't think never have gone through it before. I was a nurse. I'm a nurse now. Uh, you know, but now I'm a nurse that's in management. Um, so. But yeah, just just prayer and and the word. I, I had one just a, a couple weeks ago that I, I actually did like a drop and flop on the Bible, but and it I, no, it was actually part of my morning devotional, and it was just that day. Yeah, but it was like, First Timothy, um, you know, and it's in your weakness find His strength, and it's just like yeah, that's what I need. That's
0: where I am. Uh, speaking of that, as I talked with Jason and Stephanie this week. Um, that was kind of a key theme that came up and, and has come up again with both of you is personal helplessness. You know, it's just such a way that God grows us as he gets us outside the boundaries of our own capacity, our own strength. And um, so he regularly is putting us in positions where we feel helpless. Like, I don't have what it takes to do what you've just called me to do. And he does it on purpose. It doesn't seem very loving at the time, but it is because in our helplessness we see God's faithfulness. We need to get to the end of our strength in order to access his. You know, dependence on him is the place of spiritual health. But it doesn't feel healthy. It feels helpless. But when we can start to define that helplessness as spiritual health, you know, we're in good we're in a good place because in our weakness he is strong. Uh, Y'all don't have to leave, but how about a hand for Jason and Stephanie. I think it's just a fascinating story. Y'all turn to Acts chapter 28.
1: Can I sit? Yes.
0: Yes. (laughs) Just a brief word from Acts 28. I'll start at the end of verse 14 where it says, And so... We came to Rome. Acts 28.14 And so we came to Rome. And the brothers there, when they heard about us, came as far as the forum of Appius and three taverns to meet us. This is the part I want you to see. On seeing them, Paul thanked God and took courage. Go to Rome, the brothers come. On seeing them, brothers and sisters in Christ, Paul thanked God and took courage. So here's the situation. Uh, Paul is in a difficult spot to say the least. He has been wrongfully accused by the Jews of his day and he's been passed around to different courts. Uh, They want him dead, the Jews do. He's a prisoner on a ship that lands in Rome. It's actually not the first ship he was on because that one was shipwrecked and they got on another ship. Uh, But they get to Rome, and when he gets to Rome, the brothers and sisters in Christ that are there come to meet him. Of course, by this point they know, and and not just him, the other Christians that are on board with him. Um, On seeing them, Paul thanked God and took courage. Now, this was an important and timely encouragement in his life. Um, Things were looking bleak, to say the least. He didn't know how much time he had left. I mean, he could have been killed on the spot. But we find out later that he still had some significant ministry left. If you look at verses 30 and 31, it says, He lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. So, uh, And not only did Paul minister to those in Rome... But during this imprisonment in Rome, that's the time when he wrote Ephesians and Philippians and Colossians, uh, Philemon, maybe more. It was a timely encouragement indeed in this time when he, uh, where he was so discouraged, this time in his life where he's thinking he's probably about to die, he sees these brothers and sisters in Christ in Rome, and in seeing them, he thanked God, and he took courage. He was encouraged. Um, Jason said that it was his time in devotion when he read that timely word from the Lord. It's just another plea to please just be in the Word every day and God will meet you where you are. It's just only His providence could ordain it. But this was my time in the Word this morning, this chapter, and I'm reading this. Um, and as I read it, and I'm thinking about today, it really resonated with me. Not that I've ever been in a situation like near like what Paul was in. But I have been in a difficult discouraging time in my life in ministry, it was about three years ago um, the first year that we were here and during that time, seeing my brothers and sisters in Christ provided great encouragement, particularly the brother and sister in Christ that you just heard from. Um, In fact there was a time, for various reasons but there was a time when I, I knew that there were three people that I would see every Sunday morning, and Jason and Stephanie were two of them Uh, And seeing them provided great strength, great encouragement when I needed it. You know, earlier Jason talked about having just a faithful presence in the Word, in in your time and devotions with the Lord. Just keep showing up. He will grow you even though you don't feel like you're growing at the time. But we can apply the same thing to our life together. Faithful presence. Just keep showing up, even though you may not feel like things are clicking and you may not feel like things are going in a, in a way that, um, that you think they should feel like they should go. But no matter what, it is a blessing for you, our life together, and it is a blessing for others. So what I would say, and I'm not trying to toot their horn, I am trying to um, just thank the Lord and, and encourage you all and them. But uh, if you've ever been thankful for the 20s and 30s group at Grace of Ann, you also ought to thank God for Jason and Stephanie. Because in all honesty, if they had not kept showing up, we wouldn't be where we are today. Um, I probably haven't thanked God enough for them, says Paul thanked God and, and took courage. But Jason and Stephanie, let me at least say today that I have been very encouraged by your faithful presence so let's pray our father in heaven we um, we delight in these times so much because it's just it, it's so evident that you're at work and we love to hear how you're at work in our brothers and sisters lives we thank you for Jason and Stephanie the work that you've done in their life we thank you for their faithful presence the encouragement that is brought to me and that it brings to us all Lord, um, continue that work. I, I just love hearing that story of how uh, you you drew Jason through his wife's, at uh, that time, girlfriend's, or almost girlfriend's, relationship with you. We just do more of that with with those that are in this room, with those that we're connected with outside this room, with our children, with our family members, with our friends. Lord, um, there is great significance at seeing you at work in in the lives of those around us. So we thank you, Lord, that you're alive and well. Uh, We thank you for your ministry here, and we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen.